brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This is a business radio show where we talk about the craziness of small business. It's that craziness that actually makes it exciting, interesting, and totally unpredictable. This is Business Insanity Talk Radio with your host, Barry Moltz. Thanks for joining this week's radio show. Remember, this is the final word in small business. For those keeping track, this is show number 381. This episode is provided by Nextiva, the answer to all your business communication solutions in the cloud. It's also provided by Sage Summit, which is happening in Chicago on July 25th to 28th at McCormick Place. It is the largest conference for small and medium businesses in the world with speakers like Richard Branson, Gwyneth Paltrow, Zoe Deschanel, Ashton Kutcher, Damon John, Robert Herfovic, and of course, me. On uh, this week's radio show, the toughest time for small business owners is when they are immediately successful, but then as their business evolves, it starts to fail. The most difficult task is to find the path back to success. Plus, we'll talk about if there's one space that is crowded in small businesses, it's the tech space. So what does it take to really succeed in this industry? Plus, we have on the show the winners of the American Small Business Championship hosted by SCORE and Sam's Club. Plus, should you buy one of those newfangled domain extensions like .live or .video or .news? But first, is there a difference between taking leadership and giving leadership? And if so, does it really make a difference in your ability to lead? My next guest says yes to both. Bob Berg is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence. With total book sales over a million copies, he was named by the American Manager Association as one of the top 30 most influential thought leaders in business for 2015. Bob, welcome back to the show. Hey, Barry. Always great to be with you. What happened in 2015 and 2016? You should win as well. You know, I dropped the ball. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so, so do we really need another book on leadership? Well, probably not. I mean, there's already some great books. I mean, there's, there's some fantastic books out there on leadership. I think what John David Mann and I wanted to do with this was just take some of the principles of leadership that have really come to the forefront and have, have really worked well and just put it in a story form. And, and The Go-Giver Leader, like its predecessor, The Go-Giver, is a, a business parable. So, uh, you know, but I think there's so many great leaders out there. Hey, and let's face it, there are a lot of people out there who are not leading very well. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways in that regard. I think that most of us are really pretty bad at it. Why is it such a difficult skill to learn? Uh, I think 
there are many things about it that are sort of counterintuitive. You know, especially we grow up watching TV shows where the, the bosses are just that. They're bosses, right? It's my way or the highway, and they're mean and they're nasty, and there's a an arm's length relationship between them and their employees. And except, for Lou, thinking, except for Lou Grant on Mary Tyler Moore. He was nice. He, no, he, was, he was gruff yeah. but nice. But right? He was nice, yeah. <laughs> you could just hug him. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's uh, there is a you know a, a leadership deficit in this, this country, and uh, I think there probably always has been. The good news is there are plenty of people coming out, such as you know Bob Chapman of Barry Waymiller and uh, people like Lee Cockerell, the former exec VP of operations of Disney World, and uh, others who just have shown that when you really truly care about your people, it, there's nothing soft about it. It's 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 real. It's real world, and it's what moves people to follow. Yeah, it's interesting because Bob Chapman's been on the show and. You think that one of the radical ideas is, well, here's a new idea. Let's just really care about the people. Let's not pay lip service to them. What right. an idea. Exactly. He, he, you know, he's certainly one of my heroes. And he was featured in, an, in another book, and that was uh, Simon Sinek's book, Leaders Eat Last. Right. And Simon, I thought, did a wonderful job of talking about that circle of safety where people – and, you know, this goes back to, to uh, the cave person days when every day was a struggle for survival. It was literally life and death. And you had to know that the people who were the leaders of the tribe, that they cared about you, that they had your well-being at heart. And I, I love how Simon defines trust as the biological reaction to the belief that someone has our well-being at heart. And when we believe our leaders have our well-being at heart, we're going to fight for them, we're going to work for them, and we're going to follow them. And here's the interesting thing, Bob, is people really know if that's the case or you're just faking it, right? I agree with you so much. You, you know, you, you, like you were talking about paying lip service to it, but if your heart isn't in it, if, if it's not if it's not really you, if that's not the basis of your character, they absolutely know that. And so what is the difference then between taking and giving leadership? Well, you know, it's interesting because taking leadership can actually have two meanings, one of them being positive. It's that person who, uh, you know, it's, it's Michael Jordan taking the last shot, right? <laughs> because, you know, you know he's the guy to go to. He's going to take leadership. Or that, that woman in a restaurant who when someone uh, is choking, she she takes leadership. She points at someone and says, call 911, and she, she performs the Heimlich maneuver. You know, that's taking leadership in a great way. Now, the other form of taking leadership is not productive. That's the person who, again, by way of their title or their position, makes it about themselves. They become the deal. They influence through compliance, Barry, rather than earning commitment. Now, giving leadership, that's just the opposite. It's, it's understanding that you know you're there, you're charged with a huge responsibility, and that's to serve others, to focus on bringing exceptional value to them, to create the environment where they can become their own leaders and they can lead others. It's not that you're anxious to take the stage, you're anxious to give the stage. And I think that's a really important point because I think a lot of small business owners where they get stuck, Bob, is they think that there only can be one leader in an organization. That's just not true. No, and you know it, it's interesting. Um, uh, 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 Dan Rockwell, who has the great leadership post uh, blog, uh, Leadership Freak, he says if you're the smartest person on your team, uh, you have a really dumb team. Exactly. And you know, and and that means that you've got people around you purposely who know more than you do, and you want them to get credit, and you want them to work from their strengths and be able to lead. That's how you. That's how you really grow a big. 
bigger, more effective, healthier organization. So we're talking with Bob Berg. He's got a new book out called The Go-Giver Leader. Bob, so if I'm a small business owner, how do I know if I'm a good leader? Well, you know, one thing is the proof is in the pudding. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you have a small business, you have to be out there selling or leading a small team. But probably at this point, you're out there selling. Selling is also leadership. Uh, But again, how do you lead as a salesperson? Well, you lead by helping that other person get what they want. Uh, you discover what they want, what they need, what they desire, and you help them get it. You do this through asking questions, through positioning yourself as a credible source and a credible resource, a trusted resource, developing those know, like, and trust relationships. You know, it's interesting because my first job uh, back, I dare to say, in the early 80s was with IBM. And when I became a manager, they actually send you away to management school. They actually called it charm school, Mm. you know, for a total month. And I thought I was learning to be a leader, but I was really just learning to be a manager because of the organization supported the manager. And it took me a long time to figure out what it really took to be a leader. What advice would you have for future young leaders and how they can develop their skills? Well, I think the first thing is to, to, more than anything, understand that what Dale Carnegie said was right 80 years ago in his uh, classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and that is that ultimately people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So if you want to lead, if you want people to commit to your vision, to your leadership, you've got to commit to them as human beings, not as cogs on the way to you accomplishing your goal. So you've got to help them grow. You must, you must help them accomplish what they want, and they're going to, they're going to follow. Uh, I think it's understanding that earning trust will be your most valuable personal asset. It comes right down to that, and you do that by committing to others genuinely and authentically. You keep your word. You build others at every opportunity, and, you know, I would say one other thing, Barry, and that is to always embrace that leadership is never about the technology. It's always about the people. Uh, Jeff Colvin wrote a great book called Humans Are Underrated, and he says, and I love this, that the more technology get you know advances the more things that machines can do that humans cannot the more important the human elements are such as empathy team building collaboration and all that it's interesting because a lot of people come to me and say barry i've got a great idea for a business and they say what do you think and i say well i have no idea because business is not about the idea it's about the execution so it always comes down to people right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what's also very interesting bob is a lot of small business owners say well I don't know what my people want. And I say, well, sit down and ask them. Absolutely. Actually care. Find out what is their bullet. And I say the bullet is on their resume when they leave your company, what are they going to put as their proudest accomplishment? you got to find that out. Great point. Great point. And again, like you said, you sit down, you ask, you, and you listen. And you take a genuine interest, and you understand that people come from different ways of looking at the world. I call them our belief systems, our subjective truths, you know, how we see the world. But everyone sees the world through their own, in many ways, unconscious operating system. But we need to be able to get inside their head in a very benevolent way and, and help find out what it is they want so that we can, we can help align that with the mission and goals and, and, and so forth, uh, culture of the company. And that takes time and actual caring. Bob, thanks so much for being back on the show. The book is called the Go-Giver Leader. Where can people get the book and get in touch with you? Uh, TheGoGiver.com. Bob, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Barry. Coming up, one of the most visionary entrepreneurial leaders ever to grace this planet. We're going to be talking with Mr. Steve Case. This is AM560, The Answer. 
How can you get from here to there? We've got the answer from the Guardian Security Services Traffic Center. Good Sunday morning. I'm Mary DeBangis with a look at your roadways. In or out on the Edens wide open. Coming in on the Kennedy on the Ogden exit ramp, there is a crash. O'Hare into downtown. It's 21 back outbound. It's free and clear at only 20 minutes. The Eisenhower looks fantastic. On the Stevenson, traveling inbound, heads up at Damon Avenue. There's a roll of carpet in the left center lane. The Dan Ryan outbound slows just uh, after Cermak with the crash taking out two left lanes. Downtown to 95th is 17 minutes. Back on the inbound side, an earlier accident in the Express at 63rd has been cleared. Making your way on I-57 or the Bishop Ford, wide open Lakeshore Drive looks really good. Plenty of sunshine today. Highs reaching up into the upper 70s. It's going to be a beautiful day. Next update in 15 minutes on AM560, The Answer. We're so excited about our sold-out golf outing at the Bolingbrook Golf Club coming up on Thursday, June 16th to benefit Operation Support Our Troops America. If you weren't able to get in this year, don't worry. You can still reserve a tee time at the Bolingbrook Golf Club anytime this spring or summer by visiting BolingbrookGolfClub.com. And thanks to the sponsors who are making our golf outing possible. Dependable Construction Company Incorporated, Charity Golf International, Dr. Amy & Associates, MJ Miller & Company Jewelers in Barrington, and Pearl Mortgage. Get a copy of Barry's new book, BAM, where he shows how social media and our self-service world has rewritten all the rules of customer service. The best marketing now is BAM, good customer service. Be the first to tweet Barry at Barry Moltz and get a free copy of the book. Get a copy of Barry's new book, BAM, where he shows how social media and our self-service world has rewritten all the rules of customer service. The best marketing now is BAM, good customer service. Be the first to tweet Barry at Barry Moltz and get a free copy of the book. Thinking of starting your own business? Get on board for a crazy ride. Be the first person to tweet Barry at Barry Moltz and get a free copy of his book. You need to be a little crazy. The truth about starting and growing your own business. You will need the company. Thinking of starting your own business? Get on board for a crazy ride. Be the first person to tweet Barry at Barry Moltz and get a free copy of his book. You need to be a little crazy. The truth about starting and growing your own business. You will need the company. Let's get sentimental. Think about how much your father means to you. Now ask, what am I getting dad for Father's Day on June 19th? This is gross, but did you know that 82% of all people don't know that you're supposed to change pillows every two years or less? Why? Because pillows absorb dead skin, dirt, skin oils, and dust mites that cause allergies, acne, asthma, and who knows what else. So if you haven't already done so, you need a washable MyPillow, and so does your dad. Heck, I may even get one for my dog, Bunky. With a 10-year warranty, it's a great gift and health investment. And you'll sleep better, too. I do. That's why MyPillow is the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation. Visit MyPillow.com or call 800-489-0201. Use the promo code Amy for the two-for-one offer. Keep one for you. Give one to Dad. Do it now, 800-489-0201 or online at MyPillow.com. Promo code Amy. 800-489-0201. Stick around and get your small business unstuck. More of Business Insanity Talk Radio with Barry Maltz. Now on AM560, The Answer. I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, I am. Plastics. Well, of course, that's from one of my favorite movies, The Graduate. 
And if we talk about a key word in business today, of course, that word wouldn't be plastics. It would be the Internet. My next guest was there at the beginning of the Internet when he brought us to the world online when he co-founded AOL. Steve Case is one of America's most successful entrepreneurs. Under his leadership, AOL drove the worldwide adoption of a medium that has transformed business and society. AOL handled nearly half of the Internet traffic at its peak was the first ever internet IPO and was a top performing company of the 1990s. In 2000, Steve negotiated the largest merger in business history, bringing together AOL and Time Warner. Today, as chairman and CEO of Revolution and Washington, D.C. based investment firm, he co founded in 2005. Steve partners with visionary entrepreneurs to build great companies like Zipcar. He's got a new book out. It's called The Third Wave An Entrepreneur's Guide to the Future. Steve, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Barry. Well, tell us what it was like at the beginning of the Internet, and why did you ever think that something like AOL could work? Well, I just believed in the idea of the Internet, but I must say it took us a while. When we started AOL back in 1985, so 31 years ago, only 3% of people were online, and those 3% were only using it about one hour a week. So it was pretty early days, but it was still kind of – more of that pioneering hobbyist phase where things were kind of difficult, kind of expensive. There wasn't much to do on, the, on when you went, when you did get online. But eventually, after about ten years, we kind of we kind of broke through. But I give actually credit for being inspired to pursue this and stick with it by a book I read when I was in college by Alvin Toffler called The Third Wave, and it really set forth a, a, his view of what was going to happen. I was mesmerized by it. So when I finally decided to write a book, I decided to call it The Third Wave as well, and I kick it off with a with sort of my story of, of learning from Alvin Toffler about what was going to happen. He really predicted the Internet well before the rest of us kind of figured it out. Did it turn out, Steve, the way you thought it would, the Internet, or has it taken a different path? Uh, I think it's taken some different path. First of all, in, in the first wave of the Internet, just building the Internet, getting everybody connected to the Internet, it really was longer and harder than I would have expected. So that was sort of a, a surprise. Uh, and the, in the uh, second wave, it was really building apps and services on top of the Internet. Uh, and that, you know, that's where Facebook and Google and things like that really you know, took over. And now the third wave is breaking, which is really integrating the Internet in more seamless and pervasive ways in our, in our lives. And in each phase, each wave, there's been some challenges that have been sort of surprising and, and uh, kind of interesting to see. So in the, in the early days of AOL, when did you say to yourself, you know, this might, crazy idea might actually work? It, I, I always believed it was, even though it was crazy, it would work, but it probably was after, you know, six, seven years when it finally kind of, we finally broke through. And, and uh, I remember in 1996, uh, we'd been at it for about a decade, uh, we had a wow. system problem. We had, you know, usage was so high, actually, the system went down. Uh, but that was, that was frustrating at one level because we were down for 23 hours, but it also was sort of a reminder that the Internet really was coming of age. Something, a few years before, nobody knew what we were doing or cared. And now suddenly the fact that we're down for a day, was, it was a national crisis. So that's when I realized that the Internet really had arrived. I want all those listening to realize Steve said after 10 years you've been at it because there really is no such thing really as an overnight success, Steve, right? You guys work long and hard at this. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I decided to write the book, to tell some of those, those stories. Because in the second wave, there actually have been some overnight successes. Things like Facebook or, or Snapchat really came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and were kind of instant successes. But I think in the first wave, it took longer. and the third wave, it'll take longer again if you're really going to revolutionize healthcare or education or food, some of these sectors of the economy that I think can be disrupted. It's going to take some time. It's not going to be the overnight successes of this of this uh, last decade or, or so. So that was part of the lesson that perseverance really is critical 
uh, sometimes these revolutions happen in more evolutionary ways, and you just kind of have to stick with it. So one question I've always wanted to ask you about AOL, where'd you get the idea of that woman's voice? Well, that was actually, uh, we, we, uh, we were uh, talking with our customer service department about ways to make the service friendlier, uh, and you know, the idea of putting voices on the software. Back then, it was still those slow dial-up modems that we could actually transmit the voice. We need to store it on the software. Uh, and so we recorded some voices, You've Got Mail and Welcome and, uh, and, and so forth. And you know, it really took off. It really did give it uh, the service a friendlier face, and people really liked it. So then afterwards, you merged with Time, uh, Time Warner. What did you learn from this merger? Well, I learned that I've quoted in the book Thomas Edison, who over a century ago said, vision without execution is hallucination. Hmm. You know, the idea of the merger, the idea of the leader in the Internet, and the leader in, in, in more traditional me- media, television, magazines, movies, et cetera, uh, coming together to drive convergence, you know, was a powerful idea. Uh, but the execution of it wasn't what we, you know, we were hoping for. So as a result, it, it didn't turn out the way we wanted. And ultimately, that became an issue around people and culture and, and you know, instead of running things as independent uh, division, it needed to be more integrated, and that just wasn't something that people were comfortable with or, or willing to sign up for. So it was, it was a disappointment. I have a chapter in the book talking about some of the lessons learned, uh, but one of them was the importance of, of, of people. It really is about execution, and that means the right people focused on the right priorities, working together collaboratively in the right, you know, right kind of way. And if you've got that going for you, almost anything is possible. If you don't, then nearly nothing is possible. And sadly, that was one of the lessons for me from that merger. Yeah, that's what I keep telling people. Folks come up to me and say, Barry, I've got a great idea for a business. What do you think? And I tell them I have no idea because it's about the people, not about the idea. Everyone's got ideas, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's great to have the idea, but then you have to follow up with the idea and really you know, make it work. And that is about the team you, you built. And, and in this third wave that they talk about in the book, it's also about partnerships. And it's not going to be about just the software, the app, as the way it was in the Second wave, it's about if you're focusing on healthcare, for example, how do you actually work with doctors and hospitals? And that will require partnerships with them uh, and also going to require more engagement with government, whether you know people like that or not. The reality is many of the sectors that are most ripe for innovation, for disruption, are regulated and are going to you know continue to have some kind of regulation in terms of how cars move around cities or how drugs are, are, are sold and claims they made or what the food our kids eat. All those things are going to have some level of, of regulation. So the third wave entrepreneur will need to recognize it's not just about the idea, it's about the team you build around the idea, the network you build around the idea, and partnerships are going to be much more important, you know, the policy is going to be much more important, and perseverance is also going to be more important. So those are the three P's I talk about in the book. We're talking with Steve Case. Uh, he's got a new book out. It's called The Third Wave, An Entrepreneur's Vision of the Future. Steve, I did really like that part about the three P's, and we've talked about you know perseverance and partnership. Talk for a second about policy. How, why is that so important? Well, this is something that the, the innovators, whether they be in small companies, the startups, or the larger companies, or the Fortune 500 companies, everybody's frustrated by kind of the you know government involvement, regulations, and so forth that do you know, tend to slow the the pace of innovation down, and that that can be frustrating, and, and that is the reality of it. At the same time, as a society, when we when we are thinking about the role of government, it it is to protect the, our, our, our our families, our communities from from certain bad things from happening. And the idea of smart cities, for example, which with sensors, the Internet of, uh, of Things is, is powerful. It can manage traffic in, in, in smarter ways. The idea of, of driverless cars that can move you around is powerful. Drones are powerful. But there are going to be some regulations to make sure the benefits of those technologies are, are enabled, while at the same time some of the risks of those things are, are we're protected against. And that means the government's going to play 
a role. And that wasn't really true in the last 10, 15 years, what I call in the book the second wave, because that really was more about the app. When you when Facebook launched or Twitter launched or Snapchat launched or Waze launched, they, they really could create an app and drop it in the app store and you know hope it hope it took off. They didn't really need to engage either with partners or with government. But in the third wave in, in healthcare and transportation and energy and food, financial services, it's going to require more engagement with the government. The entrepreneurs understand that, I think, are going to be the winners in the third wave. So do you think that your early days as an entrepreneur with AOL, does it drastically differ from what entrepreneurs face today, or are they similar? It's a mix. And when we started over 30 years ago, it was harder to you know, get capital. So it's a little easier now. There's more of a startup culture than, than existed you know, back there. Uh, so it's, it's a little easier to get started, a little harder to break through because more people are doing things. And so it's more you know, some of these sectors are hyper competitive. But the main reason I finally decided to write a book, and I've never written one before, was I realized some of the lessons learned from that first wave, including the things we're talking about, like partnerships and perseverance and policy, were very important in the first wave, not that important in the second wave but are becoming important again in, in the third wave. So it will become a little more difficult again. It will require more perseverance. It will require more partnerships. It will require more engagement on, on policy. And, and I think you'll see fewer overnight successes and more like what I called AOL was sort of a 10-year-in-the-making overnight success. It really, we were at it for a decade before we finally broke through. Uh, and then once we did, we really things really accelerated. I remember it took, I think, nine years to get 1 million customers. Right. And nine years later, we had 25 million customers. Right, so right. It was the first, you know, first decade was hard. Second decade, we really took off. I think that's going to be common in the third wave. The, the decades. The book is called The Third Wave. Steve, thanks so much for writing. I've been waiting for a long time for you to write a book because I want to learn about your experiences. Thanks so much well, thank for being you, on the Barry. show. I really appreciate it. This is AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. We're so excited about our sold-out golf outing at the Bolingbrook Golf Club coming up on Thursday, June 16th to benefit Operation Support Our Troops America. If you weren't able to get in this year, don't worry. You can still reserve a tee time at the Bolingbrook Golf Club anytime this spring or summer by visiting BolingbrookGolfClub.com. And thanks to the sponsors who are making our golf outing possible. Augustino's Rock and Roll Deli, Fox River Periodonics, Kyojo, Remax Professionals, Automated Systems Incorporated, and Pearl Mortgage. Fox News Radio, I'm Carmen Roberts. A Memphis police officer's run over and killed. Police caught the suspect who they say shot and wounded three people before running over 46-year-old Verdell Smith. Florida may be in the path of a brewing tropical storm. And if it does, it could bring some heavy rains to anywhere from the Florida panhandle across a large section of the remainder of the peninsula. Senior forecaster Bob Oravec with the National Weather Service. The system's near the Yucatan Peninsula now. Meantime, forecasters say severe thunderstorms and tornadoes will rock the east coast today while Texas residents hope it'll stop raining. And Donald Trump, who's called for barring all Muslims from entering the U.S., has this to say about Muhammad Ali. Muhammad certainly was one of the great people of the world, and uh, I think it's fantastic that he was Muslim. Trump in a Fox News special on Ali. Fox News, we report, you decide. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. From the Guardian Security Services Traffic Center. Good Sunday morning. I'm Mary DeBangis with a look at your roadways. In or out on the Edens, wide open. Coming in on the Kennedy earlier crash at the Ogden exit's been cleared into and out of the airport at 20 minutes. Now, the Eisenhower looks great. Coming in on the Stevenson at Damon. Watch out for a roll of carpet in the center lane. 
Dan Ryan is great. So is I-55, Bishop Ford, and Lakeshore Drive. This report is brought to you by Unbound. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. As far as the weather goes today, a picture-perfect day. Mostly sunny skies and highs reaching up into the upper 70s. Currently, it's partly cloudy and 68 degrees downtown Chicago. Next update in 15 minutes on AM560, The Answer. You've already upgraded your cell phone to a smart device, which lets you use the Internet to be more productive on the go. But what about your desk phone? Nextiva is a smart business phone system in the cloud. With a simple setup through an Internet connection, you can soon have access to your office communications wherever you are. Stay seamlessly connected with clients and stay more mobile than ever before for just one low monthly cost. Give your business more than just a basic desk phone. Visit Nextiva.com or call 800 799 0600 to learn more today. Next Diva. Simplifying your business communications. Thinking of starting your own business? Get on board for a crazy ride. Be the first person to tweet Barry at Barry Moltz and get a free copy of his book, You Need to Be a Little Crazy, The Truth About Starting and Growing Your Own Business. You will need the company. Are you stuck? Is this the year you finally grow your business and make more money? During Barry's many years of running his own company, he had to deal with the challenges of a business that just wasn't going anywhere. It was a painful realization. His business had flatlined and he had no idea how to breathe new life into it. It was especially difficult for Barry since his customers were not getting the service he was so passionate about delivering. Second, he wasn't making any money. Finally, his business was sucking the life out of him. Do any of these sound familiar? Your sales won't budge in spite of your best efforts. You have few new leads for customers coming in and existing customers fading away. You're burned out and completely exhausted. It's no longer fun and your family suffers as well. If you're one of the millions of small business owners facing these problems every year, Barry has the answer. Check out BarryMaltz.com unstuck to subscribe to his six-part video series. Lately, it seems you're not feeling quite right. As if your body is working against you, Dr. Amy and Associates can help create a path to achieve optimal health. Experience personalized health care for your mind, body, and spirit at a practice that blends holistic and traditional medicine. I was involved in a devastating head-on motorcycle accident, which left me broken, battered, and afraid. I turned to Dr. Amy and Associates to care for my broken body. With their help, I healed quickly. I was able to sleep, and the nightmare stopped. I was able to get back on the motorcycle without fear. Since they worked with my insurance, I've used them for allergy and food sensitivity testing, weight loss, massage, acupuncture, and life coaching. They use both Eastern and Western medicine and is a holistic practice like no other. I am so grateful for Dr. Amy and Associates. Call Dr. Amy and Associates to experience a whole person integrative approach to health and wellness. 630-980-1400 or visit DrAmyAndAssociates.com. Dr. Amy and Associates, empowering people, changing lives. Now, back to Business Insanity Talk Radio. It's time to get your small business unstuck on AM560. The answer, once again, here's Barry Moltz. 
My next guests are the winners of the American Small Business Championship, hosted by SCORE, the Mentors to America's Small Business, and sponsored by Sam's Club. Monica Swope is the founder and principal consultant of Learning Dimensions, an education consulting company, and PJ McGuire is the inventor of Rapparoo. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So, PJ, first of all, I love the name. What is Rapparoo? I know it's got 31 different uses, and how'd you come up with this invention? So what Rapparoo is, it's all about getting rid of the mess and the stress of our hair and beauty routine. So one side is a hair towel, so it gently dries your hair when it's wet. Then it transforms into a both water and heat-resistant case. So at that point, it keeps you clean and dry from all the sprays and serums, makeup, and just the mess that we go through on a daily basis. So I assume you came up with this idea because you were having somewhat of a bad hair day. Yes, (laughs) very much so. One morning, I was running late, trying to rush and get out the door. I was finishing up my hair and ended up getting, I won't name the hair product, I still use it, but ended up getting a little bit of hair product on a silk blouse I was wearing. And when I say the idea for Rapparoo fell out of the sky and hit me on the head, I am not joking. Uh, that That's was exactly it. how it happened. Well, Monica, you've taken a pretty big leap because you've gone from educated to entrepreneur, which is no small task. Tell us about that. Yes, definitely. Um, I have been an educator in the field of education for almost 20 years, started as a classroom teacher, then a district-wide administrator. And to make a long story short, I used to do what my friends and family call side hustles, which was mainly just creating curricular materials for different organizations that wanted to provide like lessons and resources in schools. And so um, I had a really big following with some of the documentary companies, including Cartemplan, and um, actually creating uh, curricular resources for documentary companies initially. And then I worked a lot with not-for-profits. And then my clientele began to grow to the point where um, for about a year or so, almost a year, I call it working two full-time jobs, working for the school district, and then working uh, my business that will later be called Learning Dimensions. So my hours were from like 9 to 5. I worked out for an hour, and then I worked from 7 to midnight on Learning Dimensions, or what would be called become learning dimensions, partly because I was just trying to keep up. And then eventually I just took the leap and uh, decided to pursue um, my educational consulting company. And since that, we've moved on from just offering uh, curricular uh, support to other things like strategic planning for our clients and project management. And um, also we do some trainings for other educators who want to go into the entrepreneurial field as long as they are willing to use the um, profits for um, educational reform. So, yes, that's kind of the long and short trajectory of how this all happened. <laughs> and that's an important tradition to, transition to make because you got to go from a side hustle to being your main business. And a lot of folks financially can't do it, jump in all at once. But, PJ, with you, you had this idea, but once you have the idea, how'd you make it into a sellable product? Well, I have to give credit to my dad because he's the one that really pushed me to take it from just an idea and something that I made for myself and really wanted to use uh, to an actual product that would be on store shelves. Um, and once I got the push from him and the, the support that I needed, I then just used things like one of, for example, SCORE. Their mentors are amazing to help you really not only start a business but grow a business. But also I have to give credit to just all the small business administration offices that are in Chicago all over the country that provide Classes, mentoring, help, answer questions, um, and they really kind of got me from idea stage all the way to the to the very end. Well, it got you more to the very end because you appeared on Good Morning America twice. I did. 
<laughs> that was a uh, an amazing experience. My dad, who's my biggest supporter and cheerleader, got to go with me. And it really um, gave me the validation that I needed to keep going on this path. Um, inventing a product and bringing it to market is a really difficult and stressful thing. And being on Good Morning America really um, just gave me that extra little bit of fire um, under my belt to keep things going. So, Monica, what does it mean to win the American Small Business Championship for you and your business? Oh, wow. It was probably one of the um, most uh, significant accomplishments to date. I mean, as a small business owner, you know, you're hoping you're doing something to make a difference. You believe in your product and you believe in your service and you're hoping that that product and service will make a difference. And so when you win such a, a prestigious award and you're considered to be a biz champion, you know, that kind of, in a way, just gives some validation with the work that you have done. And just kind of is like a, a, you know, a reinforcement that you're on the right track. You're doing the right thing, you know. Um, so to me, it was when I first got the um, the email saying that I was a winner, you know, it was kind of like, I can't believe it. I've only been in my business. This is the third year. And I like to call myself the happenstance entrepreneur. I just saw a problem, I saw a need, and decided to create a service and later products to, you know, address those needs. So to be able to get that email, it's like, wow, you know, all the hard work actually pays off. And um, just very thankful for SCORE as well as, um, you know, all the support that I've gotten with um, the mentor. I mean, you know, my right out the gate, that first morning when I walked out of the, my job, you know, and started you know, the, the sorry, my business, the first person I saw was actually a SCORE mentor. I didn't even know about SCORE at the time. And that was like my first interaction, which really pretty much ignited everything else. He was very, very supportive. Thank you. So, thank, thank you, Monica. And PJ, how do we get in touch with your dad? No, I'm only kidding. If you want to get in touch well, with PJ. Dad. Everyone needs a dad like my dad. That's right. You go to www.rapperoo.com, W-R-A-P-P-E-R-O-O.com. Or you can reach Monica at LearningDimensions.com. Thanks so much, and congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Barry. Coming up, what does it take to succeed in the tech space? It's pretty crowded out there. AM560, The Answer. How can you get from here to there? We've got the answer from the Guardian Security Services Traffic Center. Good Sunday morning. I'm Mary DeBanges with a look at your roadways. Traveling through Elgin, keep in mind that Lawrence Avenue is still blocked between Crystal and Route 31 because of a water main break from yesterday. Keep in mind that uh, races uh, are happening this morning and Grant Park expect closures for the uh, Cancer Survivors Celebration 5K. Also, it's the run for the zoo. That closes Stockton and Fullerton in Lincoln Park this morning. As you travel in or out on the Edens or the Kennedy, they are wide open. Crews clear to crash on the inbound side of the Bishop Ford, and uh, that's it. Does it King Drive? It had all lanes blocked at one point. A little bit of a delay approaching, but that delay is dissipating rapidly. Sunshine galore today. Highs reaching up into the upper 70s. Next update in 15 minutes on AM560, The Answer. You've already upgraded your cell phone to a smart device, which lets you use the Internet to be more productive on the go. But what about your desk phone? Nextiva is a smart business phone system in the cloud. With a simple setup through an Internet connection, you can soon have access to your office communications wherever you are. Stay seamlessly connected with clients and stay more mobile than ever before for just one low monthly cost. Give your business more than just a basic desk phone. Visit Nextiva.com or call 800 799 0600 to learn more today. Next Diva. Simplifying your business communications.
Thinking of starting your own business? Get on board for a crazy ride. Be the first person to tweet Barry at Barry Moltz and get a free copy of his book, You Need to Be a Little Crazy, The Truth About Starting and Growing Your Own Business. You will need the company. Are you stuck? Is this the year you finally grow your business and make more money? During Barry's many years of running his own company, he had to deal with the challenges of a business that just wasn't going anywhere. It was a painful realization. His business had flatlined and he had no idea how to breathe new life into it. It was especially difficult for Barry since his customers were not getting the service he was so passionate about delivering. Second, he wasn't making any money. Finally, his business was sucking the life out of him. Do any of these sound familiar? Your sales won't budge in spite of your best efforts. You have few new leads for customers coming in and existing customers fading away. You're burned out and completely exhausted. It's no longer fun and your family suffers as well. If you're one of the millions of small business owners facing these problems every year, Barry has the answer. Check out BarryMoltz.com unstuck to subscribe to his six-part video series. Stick around and get your small business unstuck. More of Business Insanity Talk Radio with Barry Maltz. Now on AM 560, The Answer. Well, if there's one space that is crowded with small businesses, it's the tech space. So what does it really take to succeed in the industry? Here to help is Fred Hoke. He's the CEO of the Illinois Technology Association. He has worked with hundreds of companies to strategically address the ongoing transformation and challenges of the technology industry Fred, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here, Ray. So there's a lot of people in this space. How do you succeed if you want to be a technology entrepreneur? It's huh, a great question. Well, it is easier today than ever before to start a tech company, especially a software tech company. Huh? Resources are available. It's not, you don't need the larger print costs you once did. But to succeed, you have to be uh, truly innovative. You have to begin to find uh, a certain niche that's, that's critical, uh, one that uh, is not being addressed by others, and you got to be tenacious and make sure that, that you're continuing to evolve and innovate that product on a, on a daily, if not weekly basis, uh, to make it better, to make sure it serves the needs of the customers. So the barrier to entry, Fred, is incredibly low. Is that a good thing, or we just see really more garbage? <laughs> well, I, I, it, it, I think it's a good thing. I think it's easier. It's allowed, allowed for a lot more great things to happen, uh, but you do still see a lot of garbage, too. But the stats are the stats, right? You know, eight of ten startups fail. So it is what it is. The more we get top, we're just still get, we'll get a little bit more. If we have more started, we'll get a little more out back in. So what do you think has to be innovative about a technology company? Does it have to actually be the technology? Does it have to be the market they're serving? Does it have to be the approach? Well, I think it depends on it depends, right, But I, uh, on what you're doing. But first and foremost, the most innovative technologies I see today, and, and I'm very B2B focused, not consumer focused, is, is ones that are transforming industries. So if you look at the transformation that's coming in retail and healthcare, uh, in financial services and a variety of things, technology is transforming the, those industries in ways that no one ever predicted uh, and making it better, faster, and easier for the consumer, for the business to do what they need to do. And so what are some success stories in Chicago that you're particularly proud of? Yeah, I'm pretty proud of some great companies. There's a great company called Context Media to do great things for the healthcare tech space in terms of information and information to patients and helping them make strong decisions. In a broader spectrum, we had a great company called CleverSafe, which just was sold of course, to yeah. IBM uh, for over a billion dollars. It was changing the way that we store information, distribute that information. Um, you look at companies like Grubhub that are changing how we get meals. So 
So there's lots out there. I mean, Chicago is really growing as a technology hub in ways no one could have predicted. And so, the, you know, the old adage was, you know, you had to be in Silicon Valley or something to start a business. I, I think, especially today, that's just a bunch of garbage. What do you think? I actually agree with you wholeheartedly, fully, wholeheartedly. You know, Silicon Valley will always be the mecca. It has been the mecca for many years. But they build they build big technology, uh, and they have to fly here or to Detroit or Pittsburgh or other places to find out what their customers need, right? The customers aren't there. The customers are here. And the next wave of the technology industry is about transforming industries. And so to have the domain expertise we have in Chicago and Illinois uh, around a variety of industries, is going to put us in a good place to build next great, the next great technology companies, as well as the fact that it's a lot cheaper to do it these days. Absolutely. So tell us about some of the resources that are really available for technology companies if you've got an entrepreneur that really wants to start. Yeah, so, there's a lot, so, so one of the things that's happened over the past five or six years in Chicago is, is that uh, a great ecosystem has been built. So we, we associate, our association is 10 years old. We're there to serve our goals to help companies scale their businesses. But the entrepreneurial centers around the city, uh, TechNexus is a great incubator. 1871 is another one. Uh, people are into it now, and so uh, there's, they're all available, and I can help anybody find them at IllinoisTech.org. And so if I'm confused about where to start, is that a good place? That's a good place. It's a great place. And talk about once a year you also have – you give out a series of awards. Talk about that yeah. because I think it's so important. Entrepreneurs, they really don't get awarded. They really get recognized for what they do, and I love what you do with City Lights. Thank you very much, Barry. So um, we're very proud of that. And and, uh, and one of the things that, that hurts us as a technology community is we don't talk enough about our successes, right? We don't pump our chest. And it's okay to be a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit, do that once in a while. Uh, we don't do it all the time. We don't want to be arrogant, but you, we need to do more of it. So we started the City Lights Awards uh, as a way to do that. And over the past 12 years, 14 years, um, the companies that have won that, and they have all uh, have won that have have exited for over $52 billion. Wow, that's with they've, a B. That's a B. They raised over $2.4 billion in venture capital, and they've uh, had IPOs over a billion. So, And most of these companies, 90% of them, all those happened after they won our award. So I'm not saying we were the ones that made them happen, but... <laughs> But, but you connect the we, dots. We're good, at, we're good at picking winners. Connect the dots. Well, coming later this summer, July 25th to 28th, is the Sage Summit. And this year it's going to be Chicago. It's the largest small and medium business conference really in the country. Talk about why it's important to have such a large conference like this in Chicago. Well, in Chicago, I, it's important to have theirs uh, and a lot of other ones, right? Because I think Chicago is quickly becoming a technology center. I think it's important that they – that we bring people to Chicago to recognize that. I think Chicago in the summer, there's no better town, is there? Uh, in the summer, there is not. Winter, 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 maybe not, but summer, certainly there's no better town in my mind. So it's important that we bring and have people from all over the world come here and see what's going on and get engaged with our technology community so that we can drive it forward. Yeah, and don't you think that it's important to have entrepreneurs talk to each other? That's what I like about what's going on in Chicago because starting and running a business can be fairly lonely. It is. It can be lonely, but things are changing, right? So you look at the success of local incubators. You look at things like WeWork. There's a lot more places these days for people to to talk to one another and, and cheaply and easily get together with others to, to learn and, and grow their businesses. So entrepreneurship isn't as lonely as it once was. I guess we'll. I guess it is at night when you're when you're t- tossing and turning. But during the day, you can do something about it. That's right. During the day, you do something. So, Fred, where can people get in touch with you? Uh, IllinoisTech.org. Fred, thanks so much for being on the show. 
Thanks, Barry. Coming up, there are new domain extensions, extensions, extensions being created all the time, like .live or .news. Should you get one of these for your business? This is AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. Thinking of starting your own business? Get on board for a crazy ride. Be the first person to tweet Barry at Barry Moltz and get a free copy of his book, You Need to Be a Little Crazy, The Truth About Starting and Growing Your Own Business. You will need the company. Thinking of starting your own business? Get on board for a crazy ride. Be the first person to tweet Barry at Barry Moltz and get a free copy of his book, You Need to Be a Little Crazy, The Truth About Starting and Growing Your Own Business. You will need the company. The biggest trap business owners face is that they are continually flip-flopping their time between working for customers and selling to find new business. As a result, when you are doing the work, the sales activity slows to a crawl. This double helix trap keeps businesses struggling for years. 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 Learn the seven strategies for breaking this trap. Contact Barry at Barry at BarryMoltz.com. Hey, sorry I'm late. I'm the chair for the company picnic committee, and I'm overwhelmed with finding the perfect catering partner. Don't be freaked out by that. Tasty Catering has done our company picnic every year for the last five years. I actually went to Tasty Catering's kitchen first to taste the food. They serve juicy burgers right from the grill, fresh salads, awesome sides, and fun foods for the kids. Last year, we even had delicious brisket and an entire pig roast. Can they handle all the details? There's not much time to plan. Planning was even easier. Tasty Catering handled every detail, from serving pieces to inflatables for the kids, the DJ, and of course, the bar area. That's exactly what we're looking for. Just go to TastyCatering.com. The pricing was right, and our CFO signed off on the contract immediately. The best company picnics start at TastyCatering.com. View picnic menus and locations, entertainment options, and more. That's TastyCatering.com. Now, Back to Business Insanity Talk Radio. It's time to get your small business unstuck on AM560, The Answer. Once again, here's Barry Moltz. Well, there seems to be a new domain extension released every week. So does it make sense to get a website with perhaps .live or one of these other ones? Here to help is Taryn Naidu. He's the CEO of RightSide. He leads a team responsible for establishing RightSide strategy for acquiring generic top-level domain registry operator rights. Taryn, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So what are some of the hot new domains that are out there? Yeah, there's been a lot that have launched over the past couple of years. Some of the hot ones out there right now are .news. .live is just absolutely exploding. Um, and then fun domains such as like .rocks or .ninja. Really, .ninja? .ninja, yeah. Everybody wants to be a ninja at something. Exactly. So why has there been such a uh, popularity of these kinds of extensions? You know, as the Internet's matured over the past few years, and .com has really been the staple of what people know, it's become increasingly harder to get a high-quality .com domain. There's over 120 million .coms registered in the world. So as a new business starting up, um, it's always been challenging to get the .com you want. And so the expansion of the Internet has led to, you know, more availability. The other side of it is, you know, these new domains have more meaning. And so when you have something like a .news or a .video, 
the user can understand what to expect when they go to the website. So it's really helping businesses you know, grow and, and really connect with their customers in a more meaningful way. So there have been more and more of these extensions coming out. Do you think that are they catching on or this is kind of just all pretend and I'd rather just have a .com? Yeah, you know, we've launched, a, um, you know, probably about 18 months ago, and we've sold about 500,000 units already. Um, so they're catching on. What we've really started to see is an explosion with, with well-known influencers starting to leverage these new extensions. McDonald's in Europe launched a campaign on BigMac.rocks. We saw the Jackson family launch their official site on the Jackson.live. And, you know, television personality Joe Rogan launches his site on JoeRogan.live. So we're starting to see these influencers take advantage of this high-quality real estate. And, um, you know, the more and more these guys use it, the more and more people see them. Because it's pretty easy for someone to type in and say .com, .live, or .social, .news. But how does this play with a search engine like Google? Yeah, you know, we, we recently saw a study released by a company called Globerunner, which specializes in search engine optimization. And there's a company down in Jacksonville, an attorney, who rebranded his site as Jacksonville.attorney. And since he's done it, they've, they've estimated that he's receiving about $70,000 worth of free organic search just by changing that domain name and mapping it to high-quality content. And so the search engines are definitely indexing these domains. But, but on top of the search engines, what you're really seeing is you know, digital marketers of the world leverage billboards, print, and it's becoming harder for users to remember the URL. So if you have a show on iTunes, you've got to go to iTunes.com slash you know, podcast slash something else. That's hard to remember, right? You go to latimes.video or latimes.news, you remember that. I think it's an excellent point. Well, Taryn, I appreciate you being on the show. Where can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can go, if you want to buy a domain name, you can go to name.com. Uh, to learn more about RightSide, go to RightSide.rocks. Taryn, thanks so much. Thank you. And I thank all of you for joining us in this week's radio show. I want to thank our sponsors. Sage One and Nick Steve, and also a big thanks to our staff, especially our booking producer, Sarah Schaffrin, our in-studio producer, Debbie Schreiner, our marketing manager, Courtney Dury. If you're serious about being successful this year in your business, give me a call. I have a private line. It's 773-837-8250, or you can email me at barry at com. Isn't this the year that you get your business unstuck? Isn't this the year that you finally make the money that you deserve? That's why you got into your own business. This has got to be the change that you want to make. Remember, love everyone, trust the few, and pal your own canoe. Have a profitable and passionate week. Find Barry on the web at barrymoles.com. You've been listening to Business Insanity Talk Radio. I have struggled. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.